Hello and welcome to the Common Sense Gospel. I'm Danny Simmons. And I'm Ellen McGuire. What? Where, where is Kurt and what have you done with him? I sent him away to Lithuania. He, he was just, you know, a little too much trouble here. Yeah, I agree. He has been quite a bit of trouble for me specifically yeah. and especially. But uh, yeah, Kurt's in Lithuania, all joking aside. Ellen McGuire is our special guest today. She's sitting in for Kurt and we're going to talk about the order of things. Um, first of all, I'd like to just introduce Ellen. She moved here to Texas from California in 2015. Ellen is the mother of two boys, um, a loving mother. Uh, she is a faithful Christian. She loves the Lord and, and she loves this local church where we attend together. Um, as we spoke earlier today, Ellen told me that she was baptized in 1998. Is that right? Yes, sir. 1998. Uh, and that was the year after you were married. That's true. Yep. Nice. Nice. So another thing about this, uh, having Ellen here is that people who listen to the show frequently, they've heard Kurt say, when I try to tell a joke, they'll say, we need Ellen's rim shot, you know, so. That's right. And that's because Ellen plays the drums and, and uh, he, that just, it's, it's kind of an inside joke <laughs> for us, but she is a drummer professional at some point. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> she plays the drums. Enthusiastic. Let's, she Let's plays go the with drums. That. That, okay. We'll, we'll stick with that. So our title is The Order of Things, and, and we're going to jump right into this uh, title and topic today as the Lord gives us time. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, Paul says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And so that's, that's our title. It's, it's the order of things. Paul lays out that the head of every man is Christ. So that, again, that's first. Everyone is under Christ. He's the head. He's the head of the church, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And then he says the head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So in, in the middle there, we've got the head of woman is man. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that can be a touchy subject, especially these days, it seems like. But this the next part, the head of Christ is God. So, you know, Christ is That's our it. head, and, and yet he, Christ is in submission. Yes, yes. We all, we're all in submission to someone. Um, it, is, it is not a popular opinion these days for women to be subject or in submission to anyone. And, um, but... God has a designated order to things. And um, I thought we would discuss a little bit about, you know, since you're not a woman and That's I am. True. So we could yes. talk about that a little bit. But there's rules for women in um, churches, in the church. Um, and there's roles for women in marriage. But I think if we turn to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33... Um, we can kind of dive in a little bit to maybe why some women would get a little prickly at things. Um, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in the church." So can women be leaders or teachers? I, I think that um, I, I think that maybe some women these days would have a little bit of an issue with that with that scripture, but um, there's a design uh, to everything. And I think if we take a look at some women in scripture that are leaders and are teachers, we could see that um, the structure is for the church. It is for marriage. It is not necessarily for the world. 
So we can look at Lydia, for example. Um, yes, and Lydia is in Acts 16. That's right. Lydia was a businesswoman and uh, a fairly successful one, too. She was a seller of purple. We can look at um, Acts 16, starting in uh, verse 14. But if we go back a little bit, you see that Paul has arrived in, in Philippi and he's preaching. And um, they've gone down to uh, the riverside where prayer was customarily made and uh, the women who met there and a certain woman named Lydia heard us in verse 14. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. And it's only two verses, but it tells us a lot about this woman. She's the head of her household. There's no husband mentioned, but it's mentioned of her household. Mm -hmm. um, she obviously is a businesswoman and business is good. She's got a house big enough for Paul and his entire gang of people to stay and food enough to feed them all and keep them comfortably. So I think that, um, you know, we see that she obeyed the gospel. She was baptized, but she didn't turn around and go sell her business and go look for a husband to start running things. Mm. In the world, she's a leader. She's a businesswoman, head of her household. And and I think that it doesn't tell us that she w went to church and started leading and preaching and teaching there. Right. Um, but she didn't give up her role right. in whatever it was she was doing. And as you as you pointed out, she she she's wealthy. The, the seller of purple from the city of Thyatira that tells us she's also a traveler. Yep. She's moving back and forth. That's she's she has the life of a merchant in many in many ways. But the purple was um, a dye that that they had gotten uh, in this time. Yeah, it was very expensive, and and she's uh, selling this purple um, cloth or whatever it is. So 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 there's there's a and a complete business that's, that's being worked out by her. And, and, and again, the, she has ownership of all this. From what we can tell from the scriptures, there's no mention of a man or a husband. Mm -hmm. And there's no conflict. You know, Paul's right. not saying, okay, well, I sure wish I could share with you, but there's nobody here that's, you know, that's right. a man. Um, we have we have an individual who it says, and I mean, just looking at the wording, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. What a, what a marvelous thing. Absolutely. God's involved in this conversation. Yep. Um, he he allows her to to open up to the extent she's already a worshiper of God. Right. So Paul's going to say some things to her about the Lord and what he's done. And her heart is wide open to that. Mm -hmm. So we have someone who's going to respond to the gospel message. And Christ came to the to this earth. To set an example, to be submissive to his father, which we saw in First Corinthians chapter eleven, yep. and then to offer himself for all of humanity, and so this door has to be open. And I'm going back to what you had read in First Corinthians fourteen that you were saying that you know it gets sticky. There's mm -hmm. a there's a little bit of a oh you know I don't like this. Uh, you're saying when I go to services that I can't talk. Um, right. First of all, that's not necessarily true. Right. But it is crystal clear in the Bible that that a woman should not usurp the authority of a man. And, yep. and we've been told why already in the passages we've read, because the order that God set out, man is the head. 
And what I try to do, especially in marriages, marriage counseling, is to remind both the man and the woman that, you know, I tell the husband, I say, that's not good news. You know, this this <laughs> means everything, the buck stops with you. That's right. That's right. That's Spiritually. You're accountable to God. Huge. And it should scare you to death. Um, it's Men not are a, given it's not far more instruction, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot more. Um, the Lord speaks to men in a stronger tone, just yes. to kind of across the board because he's, he's created us. He's wired us and he knows these things about us. So I think, you know, for us to kind of work through this and try to see in scripture that women are not pushed down Mm-mm. or forced into some category, you know, some dark corner. That is just not what we see in not the Bible. And one, one of the biggest cases of that, that I, that I often think of is that when Christ was raised from the dead, you know, who the first person was that he talked to. That's right. <laughs> women. That's right. And he, and he says to them, go and tell the yes. apostles. You know, so the first messengers to share the resurrection of Jesus Christ was entrusted to a woman. That's right. And I think in just, if you just read all of it and don't mm-hmm. don't come in with a, a skewed lens like God hates women. Right. It's not true. Not at all. Not at all. Um, and, I, you know, we can look at it uh, in the Old Testament. We can go back and look at how God talks about wisdom in Proverbs 8. Uh, just the whole the whole chapter speaks about wisdom and is referred to in the feminine. Wisdom is 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 female, and referred to as she. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? So wisdom and understanding both, I suppose, would be feminine. There, these are both positive attributes, glowing that we're supposed to embrace in the feminine. So it's not. Um, it's not that women are less than. It is not that, uh, you know, women are looked down upon in any way, shape, or form. We just have roles designated for each and every person in the body and in church and in marriage. Marriage is um, between two people, a man and a woman. It's a union blessed by God. So that union has to have a structure. There's no chaos when God is involved. Right. Which goes back to 1 Corinthians 14, right. 33. God's not the author of confusion. Exactly. He's the author of peace. And I like Proverbs 8, too. That has always been very interesting to me, that wisdom from the beginning with yes. God. And, and and it says there, and like you were saying, she takes her stand on the top of the hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates in the entry of the city at the yes. entrance of the doors to you, O men. <laughs> I call. That's, That's interesting. Right. You get down to verse 15. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. So is that just men? No, it's Mm-mm. all the judges of the earth. That's right. That they rule. And it's not It's not just that they rule or they're given the, the ability to have a, a position of power, but that they rule effectively and correctly by wisdom. And God has personified wisdom itself in the female gender. Mm-hmm. And that's not on accident. You move into Proverbs right. 9. You there she is again. Again. And she is she is an amazing woman. I, I love Proverbs 9 because it yeah. begins by saying wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, "Come, eat of my bread." and drink of the wine that I have mixed, forsake foolishness, and live. And 
the interesting thing about Proverbs 9 is when you get to 13, there's another woman introduced, mm-hmm. and she's foolish. Mm-hmm. Foolish woman is clamorous, simple. She knows nothing. And she basically does the same thing. The, 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 the wise or wisdom, as a woman, invites men to her home to eat what she has prepared. Right. And She's it, done the work. Exactly. The foolish woman, she does it kind of. It <laughs> says in right. verse 14, she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest place of the city to call those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. So one is upright and pure and That's holy right. and says, this is the right way to go. And it's it's a woman. Right. The second woman is equally powerful and yet unbelievably dangerous uh, as opposed to helpful because her guests are in the depths of hell. That, that's how Proverbs 9 ends. Yeah. And so to see these things personified for for a woman in this world to say, this is the course I will take. That's it. Yeah, And yep. to follow God and, and to, to provide the wise counsel. Yeah, I'm not asking you to share family secrets, but, <laughs> unless you want to. <laughs> but right. I imagine, you know, yes. From time to time, need some help, or maybe you can see or yes. just sense that he needs to be. Well, it goes back to men and women are made differently by God. Um, in general, general terms. Now, there are exceptions to the rule where there is a man who is physically less strong than a woman at any given time physically, but in general, in general terms, men and women are hardwired very differently. And in order for a marriage to work, a church to work, all these things have to function. And God has designed this so that it functions at maximum, you know, smoothness. And, yeah, for his glory. And for his glory, exactly. So, you know, there, there is, you know, neither Jew nor Greek, uh, male nor female, none of that. It's, we're all the same in God's eyes, but we all have a job. And God has designed it so that in general, the women's roles fit how we are hardwired. And so, yes, sometimes in marriage, you have to have a softer word with your husband who is, you know, assuming something and running off the rails with things. But, you know, in in a marriage that's godly, you are knit together and have an understanding of the other individual and um, you can, your role is intertwined with the other. It's never cut and dry. So each one of you is lifting up the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we, the, when we learn things about each other, just like you said, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't go off the rails. I, I'm, I'm I, very, I, never. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I, Some I, say I have perfect control of myself, but <laughs> I'm glad Karen's not here. I, <laughs> I know Karen and I would, yeah, I'm, I might, I might have a discussion with her about that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Please don't. Okay. Um, yeah. So that she does though, you know, it's like mm-hmm. this, the angle that I can't see because yeah. of the way that I'm made. And that, and that her eyes are wide open to. And so even when she'll tell me, mm, you should think about this, um, I'm still not ready to even even right. think about that or consider it. And she she gets that, but she said it. And, uh, it, you know, it seeps in through my thick head. And then by the time it's come time for me to decide, like, what I'll do or how to respond to something, that it, it plays a huge role in in the final yes. presentation of what I think I need to do. Yep. 
and that usually is just personal stuff, you know, talking to a friend or someone, maybe feelings were hurt. Uh, she's so good at that. And I understand God saying, you know, it's not good that man should be alone. Right. As you said, we are all, it's a general statement. We're not all wired the same. Some do very well on their own. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's fine. The Lord knows that. Paul was single. That's right. Jesus was never married. Right. You know, you right. don't have to be married. Right. But, but there's a rule in principle and, and in creation that, and as you said, that order, mm-hmm. if it gets, if you switch it around, then you're going to have problems. Yep. Because God's the designer. That's it. And if we try to violate that, we're going to find ourselves uh, on our own, which is a very scary thing. I think you mentioned Abigail earlier. Yes. Um, Abigail's a great one because in marriage, you know, obviously, and I I mentioned before, in, in a godly marriage, when both man and woman, husband and wife are together and working towards the goal of pleasing God, in all things, that's one thing. But, you know, it happens sometimes in marriage. We look at Abigail in 1 Samuel 25, I believe it is. Um, Abigail was married to a complete fool. It was literally his name, Mm -hmm. Nabal. And he went against God. And when Abigail heard of it, she corrected the situation with respect, still maintaining respect for her husband, and fixed things, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's how that worked. Yeah, and the introduction to her in verse 3 of chapter 25 says, The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. So that's our character. Mm-hmm. She was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. So God, this is God's estimation of these two people. Yes. One guy is harsh in his dealings. Uh, he is a fool. That, that's mentioned several times in this chapter. Uh, we, you know, we didn't make that up. The Lord told us that about him. And she's wise and, and beautiful in appearance. And so, uh, boy, imagine living her life. Right. If your husband is really a total fool and God's nodding in agreement like, yeah, he, he's, yeah. this guy's rough. She's still wise. And as you said, we don't see her disrespecting those roles in, in the home. Nope. The servant comes to her and says, look, David's on his way to kill everybody, all the males of this house. Right. And only you can stop it. Your husband's a scoundrel and, and no one can talk to him. And so she, That's right. she comes up with a plan, <laughs> which works, you know. Yeah. And, and then because sometimes we wrestle with, did she usurp the authority of her husband by doing these things without his permission? But we're told towards the end of that chapter that he's married with wine. Mm-hmm. So when she comes back, she waits until morning when he's sober, and then she tells him, this is what happened, and here's what I did. And it says that his heart was like fell like a stone like a because he was so terrified of the fact that he should have lost his life the day before. Yes. So she saved her husband's life. Yep. Um, a whole household of men. And, and the fact that she couldn't tell him, is, is that a knock on her? Is it a knock on him? Yes. It's his fault, isn't it? It is. <laughs> exactly. It's not like she t- the servant didn't come saying, hey, your husband's a, a real fool and this is what happened. And she beat the servant for it. You know, yeah, she's right. like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. right. We're I better fix this. Yeah. And she does. So and she does. Yeah. The fact that he can't be reasoned with is his fault. And he's proven that time and time again. And so, again, you go back to the introduction where it tells us that she's she's wise. Mm-hmm. She's wise with understanding, and she's beautiful to look upon. So we can we can just kind of visually see this woman getting the information about her husband and then saying, here's what we're going to do. Yep. And sometimes that's what we need. That's and, right. Uh, and the Lord brings her out for a reason. And so 
that doesn't violate what we see in the New Testament. Um, she's not under the New Testament instruction. That's right. But, yeah. But her, what she right. does um, across the board does not violate that. Um, she she's had to do She's just a good example of, of uh, a woman in marriage. But I think mm-hmm. Abigail also is in, for us New Testament Christian women, you know, you take marriage seriously because who you marry makes a big difference. This is who you're knit with for the remainder of your time on this earth. Yep. And you need a partner. You need, uh, you know, it's, it's not, not a fluke. It's not a, hey, you, you look nice. Let's go run off to Vegas. This is something very serious under, you know, in, in the eyes of God. And um, it's to be taken very seriously. Now, obviously, Abigail back in the day didn't likely have a t- much choice in marrying a ding dong. But, you know, today we do. So, Plus, for Abigail, a trip to Vegas would be very expensive. That would be odd. Yes, <laughs> it would. It'd be tough. Time travel and all. I don't know how that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I tried to derail what, what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> obviously, Abigail, a great case study mm-hmm. um, for someone that, again, God says is wise and understanding. And, and it, as you pointed out, it points to the seriousness of marriage and making that decision. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're talking to somebody, you're seeing somebody, you're thinking about those things. I don't think you can go too slow. Right. I, and I wouldn't, I'm not a fan of rushing for certain dates or because so-and-so's got a birthday. Those, That's not a reason to commit your life to someone at a particular time. You know, and I, I feel like because of the way the world kind of handles marriage these days that the vows are just kind of like, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of what you do. Right. We're just kind of joining this club or, or whatever. And, and that is, think about the way the Lord would look at that attitude and see, that this thing that he established from the very beginning is kind of scoffed at by by human beings today it becomes flippant, right? And, and he and he says, "This is something I've sanctified personally, yeah. and I, my, my my stamp of approval is on this." And when the husband and the wife appropriately fear God, then they can't fight with each other, right? Because God nowhere in His Word will allow that. Nope. So, if my fear before God is appropriate, then I'll. I will love my wife as Christ loved the church. That's right. And the and the and the wife certainly would respect her husband. That's it. Because he's dying for her, you know. Right. He's willing to. We could look at Ephesians five on that too. Yeah. There's worth a whole that. list of 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 do's and don'ts, really. Um, I mean, the entire uh, starting. In, let's see, Ephesians five and starting in verse twenty-two, of course, is wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. And the whole re- remainder of the chapter goes on to talk about the husband and wife and how they are to, the husband is to love the wife, the wife is to respect the husband, and neither one of those things need to be earned within the marriage. They are given. The love is given. The respect is given. You don't do anything to earn these things because regardless of what the other party does, you have a responsibility to God. And you, you just have to take marriage very seriously for that reason alone, really. That's right. If wives are, are a, a wife-to-be is looking at a man, she needs to ask herself, can, can I respect this man? Do I yeah. respect him? Because God's commanding me to do that. And I can't flip a switch after we say I do and, and make those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be taken very seriously. And the beautiful thing, it's not a, 
it's not like being thrown in prison. Right. You know, you're, you're, right. you've actually decided this is the one I love and I want to spend my life with. Right. And then you, and you know this as well as I do, you get photos up on the wall of <laughs> the kids and yeah. family events. And then you look back at all the moments of your life with your spouse and you think, wow, you know what? A, yeah. What a great thing. The same person every time, all the time in every experience that I've had, there's no one who knows me better. Right. Yep. It's your best friend. It's your other half. Um, and and it that's the way it's designed to be. And uh, obviously, you know, men and women throughout time ruin what God puts out there. Yes. But um, this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to. And I think also in Ephesians, you know, that God speaks to the men you have to die for your wife. And ter- these are terms that men understand. They go to battle. They fight. And for women, it's respect, honor. And these are things that that the wife needs to do to support the husband so that, you know, that's it's all language given for who we are as human beings that God has designed. It's all part of his plan. Um, another case in the Bible that I wanted to look at and, you know, kind of get your thoughts on it was uh, Aquila and Priscilla. Yes. They're, they're in Acts 18. Yep. They're, it's such an interesting situation with them. We know yeah. that Aquila and Priscilla are tent makers yep. because it says that they and Paul shared the same occupation. That's right. Um, well, it says because he was of the same occupation, he stayed with them and worked for by occupation. They were tent makers. So he meets them in Corinth. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, these the, we know what they do for a living. We know they're a husband and wife combo. Um, Paul has given them the truth. Uh, they are members of the church it, it, to the point where we'll, you know, we'll kind of follow them. Paul's going to leave Corinth and go to Ephesus. Yep. And, and then he heads off again, to back, going back to Antioch, and he leaves Aquila and Priscilla so they've got this relationship. They work together. They obviously, love each other very much because of the word that they share. That you know, they're mm-hmm. they're of one body now with with and in Christ. It's just interesting to watch them leave the town that he found them in, and then he he leaves. Yep. Paul does, and they're like, "Where are you going? Because <laughs> you're the Apostle Paul, right. and we want to be with you. You know, we, there's more we can learn. But that's not what right. we see. We see we see the husband and wife combo stay in Ephesus mm-hmm. and continue to serve the Lord. Yes. And that's when they encounter Apollos, which is what you know the famous case. That's right. That comes up. So let me just read Acts eighteen twenty four. It says, "Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria." An eloquent man and mighty in scriptures came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Oh, this that's man, so great. yeah, yeah, he's I speaking publicly, and imagine right. the husband and wife. I mean, you can just think about you and yell. Yeah, you're listening to this guy preach. He's right on with everything Almost. except. <laughs> yeah, he's missing the biggest part <laughs> of his it. lesson. And he's bold, which is a good thing, you know, to be bold in in God's word. Oh, but absolutely. He's just missing that. And and so for this godly response to a message that is not faithful to the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, she's not telling. Aquila, you go up there and yank him down. You know, we're not having that here or whatever. They they let him finish, apparently, because yep. it says afterward, 
they came to him. They pulled him aside. They pulled him off to the side. And that's important, too. This wasn't yeah. a public shaming. Exactly. And then they explained. So that tells me they taught him and they studied together. Mm-hmm. So just in your own mind. That's right. I, I know what I'm doing if I'm Aquila. So, you know, what are you doing? How do you complement this study? Or how do you just, I mean, I'll just let you tell us. As a woman, what you, yeah. well, yeah, you want to listen first. That's the biggest part. You want to say, well, you know, you want to hear what the other person has to say. <laughs> You're laughing. That is so wise. I didn't even think about listening first. James <laughs> you, chapter one. You have to listen Slow first. To um, and, but obviously they've listened to Apollos, but so Aquila may have, uh, you know, the first, first thing to say, you know. Sure. But ultimately, I th- I, as a woman, I, I think that you're there for the softer touch. Hey, you did a great job. This I love your bold, words are bold. Uh, you know, you are right on with all of these things. You want to compliment what's great first. Absolutely. And and then explain, you know, this. there's more to it that you're missing. And you can preach more on it, but let's talk about it. Let's yeah. let's talk about and, and with the Bible, it's the it's the excitement that you have something you want to share. So yes. certainly Apollo saw that in them. Right. You did a great job. That was phenomenal. We haven't heard many people speak the way you right. speak. So you're you know, a fiery speaker. This yes. is awesome. You're you eloquent. Heart. Yeah. That's an amazing compliment. But there's something else you have to know. And yep. it's glorious. You know, and yep. so surely Apollos would be all ears. And I love this because he was corrected. And now we have the only case I can think of where we have a man and a woman sitting together explaining more yeah. accurately the things of the Lord. And then a man is sitting and listening and receiving that. That's so right. she plays the role as the wife, doesn't usurp the authority of a man, because if she did, we'd know about it. Absolutely. It'd be a violation of the New Testament. Yep. So just like you said, she plays a role in that teaching. Mm-hmm. And then it says that he moved on from there and he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Look at that. All, yeah. That's All awesome. three of these people showed phenomenal character. That's right. You, I can't tell you how hard it is to bring a lesson and like feel like this is the best I can do and someone pull you aside afterward and say, half the stuff you said was wrong and here's the Bible verse for that. Uh, Even if they're right uh, about it, right. I'm just like, it hurts. Oh, oh yeah, it's personal. Right, right. But Apollo shows character to say, I understand. Yeah. And that is, that I can tell that that is true and I'm going to stand on that for the rest of my life. And so he's mentioned again, in scripture, when Paul starts writing these letters about Apollos, mm-hmm. he is a main player. And it's just important for us to see that Aquila and Priscilla were the beginning of that for him. It's God moving, right? Yes. He's, if you know, They were there to see him for a reason, because Apollos is important. Yeah. And God was glorified because they were, all three of them responded in the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and we just have a, a great example of a woman who played a role in that. And like I said, I think it's good for us to, to hear how you think that would go. And then for all of us just to consider, you know, how would that take place? Because if I'm going to hold people accountable to the truth, yeah. then I can learn something from them. Yes. Whether I'm a man or a woman. Right. Yeah. Right. I yeah. That's fantastic. For sure. Yeah. The the other, other thing too, I would say is that, you know, so women do teach and, you know, obviously we see that with Priscilla and Aquila here. We could, we could talk about Timothy as well because, you know, First Timothy two, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. That's Paul writing to Timothy. Well, how did Timothy learn about oh, the Gospels? That's a good question. What's the answer? 
his mother and his grandmother. Yep. So yes, of course, you know that women women have roles in in teaching, but just not, you know, in the, within the church. Yeah, and even in in the church, there's there's specific places where they are given yes. um, the authority to teach. Uh, Titus two three, mm-hmm. the older women likewise that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given much wine. Teachers of good things. That's it. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. So really. Take, so much to teach. Yeah, of course. Oh, and, yeah. and from an angle that men can't come from and don't understand. Right. So all of that is perfectly appropriate. But as you take all these together, a woman should learn in silence. Mm-hmm. First Timothy 2, she should not usurp the authority of a man because Adam was made first. That's Paul right. lays out the reason for that. And so, they, but we also see that she is should be teaching and looking for opportunities to teach uh, in the ways that God's permitted. That's right. And and here at, at Northwest, we have, uh, we're, we're so blessed with a great group of women. And we are fortunate enough in the fall, um, for the last several years, we've had women's classes. And it is a packed classroom of women only teaching each other and learning from each other, uh, you know, different, you know, subjects of scripture and it, it is a phenomenal opportunity for all of us to learn from each other. There's no men allowed in this classroom because it's this, it would uh, usurp the authority. So w- within the structure of what God has ordained, this is how we you know teach and learn from each other because we learn and teach differently from men too. So there are right. some subjects that we may not receive as well from a man. There's all kinds of issues that, that, that will cause uh, uh, will be a hindrance like um i have something i want to ask but it's very right. personal you know right. so so who knows and in the by the wisdom of the elders who serve here um, have found a way to facilitate an opportunity for titus chapter two to yeah. be kind of worked out as a bible class and it, like you said one, one quarter a year mm-hmm. um I, i'm assuming the women aren't planning a rebellion or no, okay. no, because that would be rebellion against God. We don't do that. That's right. That would uh-uh. be awful. No, we have a designated role. I think, you know, to to deny your role, whether you're a man or a woman, to to de- deny the, the role that you've been given by God would be to just deny God's authority, to deny, you know, his sovereignty over things, because this is how he's laid it out. Yeah. And... um you know, not not every man can teach or lead within a church either. That's true. It's not just women. Yeah. It's men too. Not every man can be a deacon or an elder or a preacher. There there are certain parameters for everybody. And God's laid those out. And God's laid those out. So there you have the roles again. That's it. And we, the church and the one who's in that position, can acknowledge that they're they're in the proper place because that's the it. Bible shows us that, that that that's where they should be. Another interesting thing about that to me that kind of always strikes me as funny is that when a congregation brings in a girl to, to preach, and, and it's, especially if it says Church of Christ, that uh, there's all kinds of videos out there about that, you know, she's in sin and, and she should never be. And it's interesting because I think, yeah, that's that's part of it. But how about all the men who are sitting there and allowing there? her to take, because they're accountable to God, too. Yep. They, and I, I know they applaud themselves for being, you know, so bold and, and so progressive and kind of their thought process. But 
It's a violation of what the New Testament clearly teaches. That's worldly stuff. It is. And so to dishonor God in his church, yes, it's not the Lord's church anymore. You know, At some point, Christ says, I will remove mm-hmm. the candle from, from the lampstand uh, unless you repent. So it's just interesting that everyone's like, I can't believe that girl. You know, every comment is about women right. should know better. It's like, no, the men, right. it, the men are supposed to be leading in they this. They need to reach on their backs and find their spines and Put it back where it realize belongs. that that's there for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it doesn't make you less than as a man or a woman who cannot teach or lead. It doesn't mean you're less than it just it's just a a role that you've been designated. That's it. You know, I'm so glad you said that. I heard a man say many, many years ago that, you know, because I'm up here behind the pulpit, people think that I'm I have this ministry and that I'm I'm sharing the gospel. And it's true to a certain extent. But the point he made was that. Those of you who are here today as maybe grandmothers or mom who's you've got grandchildren that you're raising or taking care of, you can be more faithful in the ministry God's given to you Mm -hmm. than what I have been. And I thought, man, that is so true. Everybody thinks, well, he's he's the special one here because he's up. He has the microphone. That's not the case, is it? The Bible. God doesn't work that way. He looks at the heart. And so there are, I think there are faithful members of the church in every congregation that are just, God is just so pleased with, yep. and they're sitting in a pew, yep. man, woman, yep. even a young child who yes. has just decided, I'm going to serve the Lord. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? I could think of a dozen of them here at Northwest. Me too. Me yep. too. That's amazing. Yeah. So let me, let me just finish with, and I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to maybe some other final thing you'd like to say, but Galatians 3, mm-hmm. 26, um, Paul speaking to those who are faithful, he's going to tell us that we are the seed of Abraham because of our faith. Galatians 3, 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Yeah. Paul's saying we, every single one of us have put on Christ. And so when you think about the judgment day, we stand before almighty God that he's going to see his son. That's right. In me and in you. Yep. And there is no difference. Nope. What what gets people upset is that the, in, that the roles that God has given in the New Testament law and the instruction we have so that things will flow according to his will, uh, that rubs some people the wrong way. But I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, I, if I have a role in the kingdom, then praise God. Amen. I'm, I'm included. Amen. Just, you know what? I will, I will just, it doesn't matter. I'll take the scraps, you know? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the in thing. The kingdom? Take the crumbs. Absolutely. You don't want to be the, you know, the sons of Zebedee where you're like, who's first? Who's, am I better because I was able to do this or that? You know, you're not. <laughs> it's just. Plus, I think I'm better. So does that, does that help? <laughs> no, it doesn't help. No, no. It's not scriptural. No, not Very at good. All. So do you have any final thoughts? Because we got to do trivia questions. Oh, no, I think I'm ready. Are you sure? No. You can delay. No. <laughs> you can delay a little longer. I'm not ready. Yeah, Ellen was saying that she's she's nervous about I'm the trivia. I'm more nervous about the trivia than anything. Yeah. Kurt and I are too. It gets our heart, like a heart start. I mean, you're like going a... down, but I think I am too. So. Well, you're not much different from Kurt. He, he always attacks me before we start the trivia question thing. Well, it's deserved. I mean, I'm with Kurt on that, you know. Wow. <laughs> 
going to have to do some stronger <laughs> vetting before I bring people in here. Okay, so I'm a gentleman, and I need I know that ladies should go first. All right. And so if you give me the first question, I will do my best. Okay. Trivia. Jezebel is a wicked woman in the Old Testament. She massacred the prophets of God in 1 Kings 18. Where did her remains end up? Mm. Is this a trick question? No. Okay. Okay. So, because I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. It was prophesied of Jezebel that, that she would be eaten by dogs. Yes. Now, I know that, oh, what's his name? The new king that shows up, Jehu. Yes. Jehu, yes. So yes. Jehu shows up on his wagon and he's like, yes. if, if, whoever's with the Lord, throw her down. And the the uh, servants say, this is our chance. They throw out the window, which is not nice. It's one of the like all-time most disgusting deaths, I think, yeah. <laughs> in the yep. Old Testament. Because she falls out the window and then Jehu runs over her. And blood splatters everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And then it says he backs up and runs over again. <laughs> it's awful. But the the prophecy is fulfilled because it said that her her blood would be eaten by dogs like, yeah. in the street or something. Yeah. So, but kind of. So it not, says not, on the plot of oh the vineyard this Jezreel Jezreel. Wow. Okay. So I didn't get it right because sort of did. Well, I'm trying to remember. They they said that it says there that the. It didn't eat her hands or her feet. Well, Something yeah, they went over. back to kind of like, oh, go get her body or whatever. They're like, there's nothing left. It's just hands and feet. pieces. Oh, okay. so good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> question number two for everyone else and question number one for Ellen. Here okay. we go. Okay. There are 12 apostles that Jesus calls yes. um, to follow him throughout his ministry. I need you to give me the names of four of Christ's apostles. Oh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, is it too easy? Oh no, oh, the apostles. Oh, yes. oh, gum. See, I'm already. I told you before that if you asked me my middle name, I would forget it during trivia. Yes. Um, the apostles. The apostle Paul. You can go with Paul. I love. Paul. And Ma Matthew's there too. And Matthew. Yeah. Okay. Um. Peter. Yep. And. <laughs> and I'm going to go with, oh, I can't believe I can't think of any names right now. Um, you mentioned the sons of Zebedee. Oh, yeah, James. Ooh, James, James and John. We'll go with yeah. James and John. There you yeah. go. Yeah, isn't it interesting? When he's like oh, this, this nervous feeling, it's like, I know the answer to it's this. It's this giant microphone. It's very intimidating. Yeah. I apologize. Kurt apologizes for that. Um. <laughs> I think, too, when, when we're asking the questions, people who know the answer are yes. like, come on, I already named I nine. I know. I've gotten it when I listen to your podcast, by the way. I have gotten trivia questions correct. Okay, good. But I will not get any of these, just FYI. So. Did, did you tell us the chapter, book, chapter, and verse for Jezebel? Oh, for Jezebel. Is, um, the answer is in Second Kings 9, verses 35 and 36. Okay. On the plot of ground at Jezreel. Okay. And the 12 apostles can be found in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Mark 3, 13 is where that begins again. Luke 6 and verse 13. 
we're told another time about the 12 apostles and the way that Christ uh, had chosen them. So very good. We're doing okay. What's what's question number three? Theater number two. Okay. This one might be easier. I hope I don't so. Know. Um, there's a another Jezebel in the Bible in the New Testament, if you'll recall. She was uh, a woman who was causing trouble. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, where where is she? What what church is what she causing church is trouble? She? Oh man, I, I can give like, you a hint for this one. Okay, I'll take anything. You want a hint? Yeah. Okay, it's it's uh, in the city where Lydia is from. Thyatira. Yes. Nice. I'm so proud of myself. Bravo! There's a little golf clap for you. Thank you. I didn't say yeah. Philippi. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Revelation three. What's the verse for uh, two. it? Two Revelation two okay. and eighteen. Yeah. Revelation two eighteen. Nice. That's a good question. Mm, thank you. Got me too. Okay. Last question of the day. Who in the Bible? Oh, this is a two part question, by the way. Oh, I like, like that. You actually get three now. <sighs> Who in the Bible was swallowed by a great fish? Jonah. Jonah is the right answer for part one. Part two, how long was he in the Oh, fishes? three days. <laughs> yes. Three days. I got it. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights. One of my favorite stories in, oh, yeah. in, in the Bible. It's so yeah. good. That is awesome. I thought you were going to ask me which uh, which direction he went when God told him to, to go... Uh, What's the answer to that? <laughs> I was going to forget, so oh. I'm glad you didn't ask it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he went down to Joppa. That's it. Okay. Well, so we've, first of all, I want to thank you for coming. And, well, and I have one more question for you. Do you we do? Get three each? Oh, or yeah. two? Yeah, because I let you go first. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Well, okay. You ready? I don't know. You might not get this one. I'm just setting you up. Uh, Solomon had 700 wives, uh, 300 concubines, and... Um, that's found in First Kings eleven three. Only one of the women is identified by name. Who is it? I don't know. I do know that she is the daughter of a king. She I, that I don't know actually. <laughs> I'm going to okay. take your word for that. Okay. She is the mother of Rehoboam. Okay. She's N- from Egypt. Naama is her name. Oh wow. Yeah. It's the only one of a thousand people wow. with Solomon. How did she float to the top? Well, because of Rehoboam. Ro- yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. And that's in First Kings 14 and 21. That was hard. I had to I had to bring the fire because I'm the newbie. Yeah, I'm not sure that's true, but you definitely did. <laughs> okay, so thank you. You're Even welcome. After you just torched me, I'm still thank you for coming and participating in this particular podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's absolutely. It, it vitally important to the conversation because it's one thing for a man or a group of men to say, you know, here's what the Bible says about women. It's quite another for another for, you know, a woman to be able to go over those verses as they're written to to women, obviously. Yeah. And then to have the freedom and the ability to to comment and say this, this is kind of where I am on this. Here's how I work through these things. I think that's very helpful. That's something again that uh, in no way could I provide. And so we appreciate you coming today. We'll finish with 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered.